Again, Merry Christmas. I enjoyed the choir. Did you enjoy them? Let's give them another round, please. Two weeks ago, I spoke on, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And this week, I want to speak about what are we prepared to give? He gave a tremendous gift, the gift of gifts, the unspeakable gift, the Lord Jesus Christ. Since the first Christmas, when Jesus was still an infant, the wise men brought gifts and we heard that during the breaking of bread, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And this is the best they could give. When the shepherds were told about the new birth of baby Jesus, they ran. And what can shepherds in a field have to give? They gave their worship. And they knelt before that stable. And thanking God for that kind gift, the gift of gifts, Jesus Christ. We're challenged now. We are nearing the day, Christmas Day. We're challenged. We do gifts. We um, sometimes save for a long time to give a gift to a mom, to a dad, to a wife, to a husband, to some relatives. And this is why you can see all these stores are counting their money day and night. And they are opening their doors uh, at midnight or before or early in the morning, just not because of the baby Jesus, we know that, but because they want to sell and sell and sell more because of people rushing and running to buy gifts. This is good, and it's good for the economy, and sometimes it's hard on our pockets, but this is Christmas, and we have learned that he gave, God gave, and through the years, we want to give. And it's good to give more than to receive. And today, what can we do to give Jesus something? I thought about it, and I struggled with the thought. But I came up with a few suggestions, if you'd like to put them down or think about them, that would help us a lot. Since he gave, God gave his son the greatest gift. And he was a great 
example for us all. I want to speak on, like a one-on-one -on -one to you today. The very first uh, thing I thought of, let us give the gift of love to him. We can't go and buy him anything. Say, I want to buy him a great suit. Oh, well, <laughs> the robes he has, no one can match. Do you, do you want to buy a suit of light? You'll burn yourself. Again, food, he is the one who feeds the millions. The cattle on the mountains are his. This whole world is his. What can we buy? We cannot buy him anything. But we can do something. We can give our offer, the gift of loving hearts. Friends, this world lacks love. And it's our responsibility, I felt, to bring that before you. Our responsibility to show all those around us true love. True love. The Pharisees, and here's, here's an example, asked Jesus this question to test him. Master, they said, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus answered by saying, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment, and that's what he said. And the second one is almost like it, stands on the same level. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, he added, our Lord, hang all the law and the prophets. Love the Lord and love others. And I thought, if we can give that gift, not only during Christmas, but we're called to give that gift all the days of our lives. So many people love during Christmas because it's love, it's peace, it's uh, joy, it's everything. And this is Christmas, they say, true and beautiful to remind us that we should love others. But how about loving all the days of our lives? How about loving God, offering him our love? The man of God, Donald Barnhouse, once wrote, love is the key. Joy is love singing, love joy. Follow me, fruit of the spirit. Peace is love resting. Long suffering is love enduring. Kindness is a loving, love's touch. Goodness is love's character. Faithfulness is love's habit. Gentleness is love's self-forgetfulness. Self-control is love holding the reins. Aren't they these, the fruit of the Spirit? Shouldn't we display them as we long to display them on a daily basis? Then we show the love for Christ and the love for others. Let us give love during this season and let us continue beyond that. Realize that God loves each one of us. Why? As we read, as it is in the Bible, so he sent his only 
begotten Son. To die as we heard during the breaking of bread for our sins. He will be called a Savior because he will save his people from their sins. That's how much God loves you and me. To take away your sins, the burden you are carrying. The life that is, does not give you any satisfaction. Jesus came to take the unsatisfaction and give you satisfaction through his love. And he expressed it on the cross of Calvary. Do we appreciate his love? Do we value what he did? Someone said, when you mention Christmas, you cannot forget Calvary. Actually, this is why he came. The child we are celebrating today, later on, he's going to go and be hanged on the cross to die for you. And that's why he was called and he's still the savior of the world. And today, if you find yourself under the burden of sin, under the burden of these responsibilities in life, and you find yourself at a dead end, I offer you Jesus Christ, the Savior, to save you and redeem you and relieve you from all your sins. That's why we have this reminder. And many people love God when things are going their way. Isn't that true? Oh, I love God. When the blessings are upon you, I say, oh, great, this is wonderful. And sometimes they forget where they come from. And they hate God when things go south. When things go south, they hate God. And they start complaining. Many choose whom they love. And surround themselves with people they like and enjoy. You know... The world loves beautiful things, attractive people, and they build them up. And that's why so many people adore movie stars. Uh, and I say, I wish they grow up and know about their lives, then they will know very well not to adore anyone but Jesus Christ. And also, with the appreciations and adoring their friends and other people, one day, one day, they will be disappointed. A day will come when they will say, oh, they're not worth my love, nor appreciation, nor adoration. And this is also subject to moods, subject to emotions, and subject to circumstances. But the love of God that he showed toward us all is sub, it's not subject to any, any changes in nature. Anything. The love of God stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we should, should appreciate and show him our love as he showed it to us. You know what he says in uh, John chapter 15 and verse uh, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And he says, again, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Oh, 
I wish that today, say, Lord, I have nothing in my hands to offer you, but help me to give you my life. Help me to love you and help me to love others as you love them. Says, okay, I can love my friends, but I can't love this person and that person and that person. What did he say in the Bible? Love yours. You said it. Love your enemies. It's not easy. But in Jesus Christ, we can love our enemies. In Jesus Christ, we can pray for our enemies. In Jesus Christ, we can show the love and appreciation he has given us. Let us think at this, at this time with the less fortunate. Let us think with those who are deprived. Let us think that people who are unloved to love them and to care for them. And we know that as Christians, there's a place in our hearts to love others and love them unconditionally. What does the Bible say? True love never fails. Never fails. I came across a story that brought tears to my eyes. And I want to read it to you. Bear with me this morning about true love. Uh, in the old days of the United States, there's a poor sharecropper family that lived in Georgia, true story. They barely eked out an existence and were always in debt. One year they had a good harvest and had a few dollars left over after they, their debts were paid and around Christmas they uh, w did not have enough money to buy presents to each and everyone in the family. So they thought of something. Uh, do you remember Sears catalog? How many of you remember? They got Sears catalog and they thought that we are going to buy a present for the whole family. Okay, the whole family agreed. Okay. Ten days later, the mailman brought them a package. And they decided, they decided to buy a mirror. Remember. So the package came. They opened it. The father looked in the mirror and frowned. The mother smiled. The baby giggled. Each saw his or her own likeness for the first time because they never had a mirror. Finally, the mirror was passed to little Willie. He did not know whether to cry or frown. For you see, Willie had been kicked in the face by a mule when he was a toddler. His face was scarred and twisted. Mom, he asked, do I really look like this? Did you know it all the time? And you still loved me? Yes, Willie, she replied, I love you all the time. 
This is the message from God on this Christmas season. No matter how scarred and twisted our lives are, God loves you. And in return, can we tell God, I love you, Lord. And can we do what he says, if you love me, love others also. Can you carry this gift and give it to him? While yet we were sinners, what happened? Christ died for our sins. And may the Lord exercise our hearts to be like this mother who loved little Willie, regardless of how he looked, regardless of our friends are, regardless whether they offend us or not, let us offer the love of Christ to this whole world. Amen. My second point is what to offer. And may God help us to offer this love. Let's give this kind of love. Yeah. My second point, let's be or give forgiveness. Think of Christ when I, when I, say, when I talk about this. Think of Christ. And think on the, in the model prayer that he offered to the disciples. He asked us to pray. And he said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is in Matthew chapter 6. To forgive, what it means. So I looked it up. It means to bear away, to wipe off, and to dismiss. Here's the basic ground for forgiveness. When God forgives us, he regards the debt paid in full, right? Otherwise, we would not be sitting here and happily in his presence as saved people because he paid the debt. He no longer holds it to our account. And reconciliation now becomes possible with God. What, and then what happens? What happens, my question, when we do not follow this principle? Unforgiven sins or debt, as the Lord explained it, cause, can you help me here? Strife. What did you say? Did I hear? Amen. Grudge, bitterness, jealousy. It's interesting to note that Jesus, knowing the hearts of the people, felt constrained to explain what he means by that, this portion of the Lord's prayers. And he said, for if you forgive them their trespasses, your heavenly father, what did he say? Will also forgive you. I'm going deep into that to show what we need, how forgiveness is important in the life of a Christian. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will the father your Father in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. How would you like that? So, what can we offer Jesus at this time in response to his giving himself for us? Let's offer forgiveness. 
May our hearts be bathed with forgiveness. You know, I can't my, find myself, and I say it before God, holding any grudge against anyone. And I ask the members of this church and everyone, let us cleanse ourselves from anything that hinders our growing in love with Jesus Christ. Lord, I want to forgive as you forgave me. And you know, it is a characteristic of a child of God to have forgiveness in his life. It's characteristic of what? Of a child of God. It could be a characteristic of anyone else? No. Because I've met people who hold grudges, who never forgive, who sometimes tell you, I forgive, but I never forget. And they remember a sin that, was, that happened 25 years ago, and they bring it before you. Because they don't. But Jesus Christ, if we go to him, here's the example, said, I have sinned many sins before I came to you, and I've committed many sins also yesterday. He said, what are you talking about? And he says, and your iniquities I will remember no more. This is Christmas. It's time. Throw away everything that is hindering the growth of your life. And it is time to show forgiveness as he showed us his forgiveness. When he was on the cross of Calvary, did he ask them, he said, you, you, you put me on that cross. And he looked at him. He looked at those people who pick his beard. Did you ever try, men? Did you ever try to pick one, one hair of your beard? You will be screaming. They picked his beard. They beat him to death. Father, he found an excuse for them. Forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Oh, what a loving heart. May we offer forgiveness. And if there is any unforgiven point in your life, church, I speak to you as one of you. I speak to myself. Put it under the blood of Christ and say, I want to forgive anyone in my life and go live happily ever after. Don't live with this anymore. Around this time, every year, kings, monarchs, princes, and presidents, I have followed their, that. They issue edicts of forgiveness to some people exercising the spirit of whom who forgave us from our sins. If the worldly people exercise this during Christmas, how should we as people who have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, who died for us on the cross, how should we do it? Let us offer forgiveness, regardless. You know what? When you forgive, if others don't like it, if others mock at it, if you feel like you're humbled, who cares? 
in the eyes of God, you have been elevated to another level. And you go serve God. Peter didn't have to do anything except cry. And many times maybe he came and says, forgive me, forgive me. He said, Peter, we've done that before. Peter, go feed my sheep. Elevated him. When Jesus went on to heaven, Peter took charge. He was the leader. And he went out to the Lord, to the world, carrying the commission of Jesus Christ to preach, teach, and baptize. And he lived. He lived an example to others. And that's what he never went back to his old life. But he was elevated by the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us give this kind. A, a little story comes to my mind about forgiveness. This happened here in the United States. One evening in April 5, 1958, a young Korean exchange student, a leader in student Christian affairs, a true believer in Christ in the University of Pennsylvania, and the record is there at the university. He left his dorm and went to the corner to post a letter to his parents in Busan, Korea. Turning from the mailbox, he stepped into the path of 11 leather-jacketed teenage boys. Without a word, they attacked him. Beating him with a blackjack, a lead pipe, and with their shoes and fists, they kicked him around. Later, when the police found him in the gutter, he was dead. All Philadelphia cried out for vengeance. The district attorney scurred the legal authority to try the boys as adults so that those found guilty could be given the death penalty. Amongst all this, a letter came from Korea that made everyone stop and think. It was signed by the parents and by 20 other relatives of the murdered boy, and it read in part. Our family has met together, and we have decided to petition that the most generous treatment possible within the laws being afforded to those who have committed this criminal action. In order to give evidence of our sincere hope contained in this petition, we have decided to save money to start a fund to be used for the religious, educational, vocational, and social guidance of the boys when they are released from prison. We have dared to express our hope for forgiveness with a spirit received from the gospel of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins. Forgiveness. 
even if we are the innocent party, even if we are the ones who did not commit any against our brother or sister or against anyone, we are to show the spirit of forgiveness. And we are to follow Jesus Christ. So what can we offer him? First, what we offer? A gift of love. A gift of forgiveness. And my third point, quickly. Let us give the gospel. I said let us give love. Let us give, let us give the gospel. In Matthew chapter 121, we, we read it today. I almost stole my message on this one. They do that every time I preach. And I thank God for them. I forgive you all. And she will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. It is good news about Jesus Christ. It includes his coming, his death, and his resurrection. And this is the greatest news we can offer to this world. This is Christmas, because in that, in Christmas, when we look at the baby, in our minds we should go to the cross and see him hanging there for our sins, and then to the grave. Up from the grave he arose, and he lives forever and ever. Let us, dear friends, seize the opportunity and give the gospel to the lost of our day. Let us proclaim Christ to all. What can we give? Give the good news. Wherever you are at school, at work, anywhere you are, and you have that smile, that smile of salvation on your face, tell them why. You don't need a pre to be a preacher or a scholar or a theologian at all. You can tell them why do you have that joy in your life. Whether a Gentile or a Jew, tell them why you are so positive. Tell them why you are so happy. Tell them that because you have Jesus in your heart. And that's enough. And today I speak to those who do not have this joy in their lives, did not experience Jesus as a Savior. It will take you a prayer saying, Lord Jesus, I believe you came to save my soul from sin. Amen. That's all you need to do. Accept me as a sinner. And that's our job. That's what he told the disciples to do. Go preach, teach, and baptize. And they went to the world. They obeyed. And what did they do to the world? They turned the world upside down. And what did they do? They established churches. And this church is because they obeyed the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us give the gospel. Behold, what did the, the angel said? Behold, I bring you good news. This is the gospel. I bring you good news. What were the good news? Great joy, which shall be to all people. You need joy? You want joy? 
it's in the gospel. You want joy, is in Jesus Christ. You want happiness, is in Jesus Christ. You want to have a good Christmas, in Jesus Christ. You want to have a life secured with hope, it's in Jesus Christ. He is the God of hope. When all the gods in the world, no one can say I'm the God of hope except the Lord Jesus Christ. What can you give? What can we give? Love, forgiveness, and the good news that Jesus saves. One last word. So in our giving this Christmas, in our giving, let us give the gift that will last for all eternity. Clothes will go away. Toys will go away. Any gift we give, soon it will be old. Soon it will rot, but the gift of eternal life will never go away. Let's preach the gospel. Let's tell the word about the good news. Let's live showing the love of Christ. Let's live with forgiveness in our hearts. And the sky's the limit for each and every one of you. Let's bow our heads for prayer. I speak to someone this afternoon who's so disappointed at Christmas time, who's sad, unfulfilled. Feeling the burden of sin. I tell you this, you're not far from the kingdom of heaven. God, especially our Jesus Christ, the one who came to save you, is calling you to a life of joy and happiness. You will find it by coming to him and saying, Savior, save me. He came to save you. He came to change your life. He came to give you a wonderful life. Not this life that's passing away, even beyond this life. Very soon, Christmas will come and go, and disappointments will settle in. But if you have Jesus Christ, you will never be disappointed, because Jesus never disappoints. If I am speaking to someone this afternoon, who would like me to pray for him, say, pray for me. I would like to take Jesus as my Savior. Just lift up your hand while everybody is praying for you. Say, Adel, pray for me. Is there someone? Is there someone who would want me to pray for him? Say, Lord Jesus, I, I, I take you as my Savior. Is there someone this afternoon? Just lift up your hand and lower it. No one is looking. I pray that you will say this prayer with me while I pray. Oh, our Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ who came to save sinners, who loved until he gave and gave his life on the cross for me. I take you as my Savior. 
I want to live a life of joy, a life of victory over sin. Please help me, change me, make me a new person, and give me the hope that you promise in your holy Bible. Dismiss us, Lord, we pray. Never to forget that we need to be examples in love and forgiveness and spreading the good news to all people. Your blessings we seek. In Jesus' name. Amen. The meeting is over. God bless you. Spend the week safely. Have a very Merry Christmas, and I'll see you next Sunday early in the morning at 10 o'clock.